We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast happy weekend it is your saturday and your saturday crew is here i am jason perone of the pack a day podcast quick slants podcast game on wisconsin along with mark eckel of packer report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and the Packers Unrestricted Podcast, as we always do, gentlemen. And it's more fun in the summer because the sun is usually out and shining. We start with the weather report, and Paul Brettel got a weather report from way, way out. I don't know. Is Australia considered way east? Way, I, I don't know. We'll Down start. under. Yeah. Down under. There you Down go. Down under. That's it. Exactly. All right, Paul. So who do we got from Australia, and what is the weather like out there? So I got a message from Paskey. Hope I'm saying that correctly. He is in Sydney where it is still technically winter time, but he says summer's coming early. It is 23 degrees Celsius there, which is 74 degrees Fahrenheit. So sounds like nice weather, honestly. And then here in Green Bay, we went through some tornado warnings uh, earlier in the week. Actually had a few touchdown, not in the not in the Green Bay area specifically, but not too far away either. But for the Packers-Texans game taking place this evening, it is beautiful today. 78, sunny, very low humidity. A perfect evening for Packers football. Yeah, so all those guys that don't want to come play in Green Bay because it's too cold, stick that into your pipe and smoke (laughs) it. (laughs) The preseason games are wonderful here, people. And they are. I mean, I remember the first couple of years. There was a couple of years maybe in the – well, I guess it doesn't matter what decade it was in. Weather is weather. But there there have been some really hot ones at Lambeau Field at the beginning of the season. I mean, you've had guys like definitely get dehydrated and because it's humid. It's hot and humid out there in the September. If you get any, you know, if you get a late summer, then that's that's what it is. But over on the East Coast, Mark Eckel at the beach. What's happening near the water, Mark? It's been warm. It's um, we've been getting it's it's in the 90s. This week, uh, today should be high 80s, maybe touching 90. But again, like you said, on the ocean, it's always that ocean breeze makes a world of difference. I mean, I it's funny, like I said, I, I live on the beach, but if, if I go out my front door, like out to the like the parking g- garage, it's hot, it's hot, <laughs> and, and and humid a little bit. And you think, oh man, 
But then I just like I go upstairs and I go out like on my balcony. I'm like, oh, this is nice. Like that that you know, I mean, anybody that's been to a beach understands. But that that ocean breeze is is a wonderful thing this time of year. Oh, absolutely. I don't have the ocean breeze, but we have not <laughs> no, hit not, the no, ocean in no. And if there is, we got a big problem. But we have not had the major triple digits, one ten, crazy hot July August that we have had in summers past because we we have this perpetual system that just keeps coming in and there's been these scattered rain showers that have kept the temperatures low so we're anywhere between 95 and 99 and again there's there's a little bit of a chance of of some rain over this weekend which which keeps the air clean keeps the fires away and it's not as flipping hot outside so actually worth noting there we're having a little bit of a cooler summer here in phoenix if you will so there's your weather report things are looking good all is good the packers are going to play a game we are the game day show guys this is not something we're going to get to do very often so well we we, we will in the preseason in the preseason that is correct so we are the game day show so Everybody probably woke up and maybe already has their jerseys on. They're a little giddy because even though it's preseason, it's still Packers football. And let's dive right in. So we're going to talk a little bit about the game tonight, the obvious, the big storyline, the guy who's going to line up under center and start the game at quarterback. And then each of us has a thing to watch for that we're going to review. So, gentlemen, without any further ado, Jordan Love is going to make his uh, debut in live action for the Green Bay Packers. He's going to get the start. Aaron Rodgers will not play in the preseason, or should he? So the obvious question as we're talking about things to watch for is what do we expect? Do we have any expectations? And what do we think we're going to see from Jordan Love? So, Mark, I'll start with you. The 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 remarks out of training camp have been good. He's obviously had some tougher moments, as you expect with a younger player. But his first full off season didn't have one last year. So say what you will, but I, I think the reports have been a little bit more positive than not. So are you? Do you have any expectations? What do you expect to see from Jordan Love, and does it matter? Oh, it matters. Um, I, what I I don't. I mean, it's hard to say what I expect, but this is the first time in a long, long time maybe ever where I'm looking forward to the, to the first preseason game or any preseason game for that matter. Same. I mean, preseason, who cares? Just don't get anybody hurt. Um, that's all I ever thought. I, and when I covered the Eagles, you know, they're the hardest games to cover because the guys you care about play about, you know, a series or two or not at all. And you're writing, you know, you're writing them stories usually about the battle for like the fifth receiver spot or the third running back spot or the backup quarterbacks, whatever it is. Um, but this is different. This is this Packer preseason is about the future. I mean, really, it's, let, let's be honest. This is about. And again, I'm not going to. If Love looks great tonight, I'm not ready to say okay, he's the next. You know, he's the third Hall of Famer coming down to coming down quarterback. And then again, if he looks terrible, I'm not ready to say oh my god, what a bad pick. The team's in trouble. They better go. You know, I mean, but I just want to see certain things. I mean, he'll probably. I would love to see him be great. I really would. And I'm not going to get too excited about him being great, but I want to see him just for his confidence. For, not, for I mean, un, to, to no fault of his own, he's a young quarterback that's been put under a lot of stuff that he didn't need to be put under. You know, the whole, this whole offseason. Oh, I don't even know what you're before. talking about, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, even the, from the day he was picked. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he was picked 
by a team that had a that has a MVP a quarterback. That's you know it's not easy. Um, and Rodgers of all of all people, you know, he went through the same thing. Um, not quite to that extent, but it was you know it was similar. Um, so I you know I, I really and I'm a Jordan Love guy. You know I, I I'm one of the few people that didn't mind the pick, didn't wasn't totally shocked by it. Um, and I just thought you know I liked him at Utah State. I liked what I saw. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm literally excited. I'm, I'm, I, I told you guys this off the air and I'll, I'll say it on the air now that I'm lucky. I'm going to be able to see it. I didn't think I'd see the game, uh, living down here and the preseason games you get what you get. Uh, but a friend of mine has a, has a local bar here that he has some kind of thing hooked up to us where he can get any games. And, um, I, I asked him if he can get me a green Bay game Saturday night and he said, yeah, sure. No problem. So, um, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to seeing them. Um, I want to see, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I skirted the, the entire question. You said, what do I expect? I want to see more than anything else, his decision-making. Yep. Is he throwing the ball to the right guy? Um, you know, is he going through his his progressions, one, two, three? You know, things like that. Because I know he has a great arm. I've, I've seen the arm. The arm isn't going to go away. Um, I know he's mobile. Um, so things like that I'm not, I'm not even a little concerned with. But I do want to see him i want to see him go you know become i know he can throw and i know he can run i want to see if he can be a nfl quarterback yeah that decision making is going to be really big and it's been talked about a lot of people talked about that too and i we watched some i somebody posted some video of aaron Rodgers in his first couple preseason games and the young quarterbacks tend to rely on their feet they've got that speed the athleticism and such you know you hope and not everybody's i guess ben roethlisberger and you know different types that aren't as as speedy and tom brady that have never been able to rely on their feet but that's the other thing too is is can they stay in the pocket do they do they keep their eyes downfield are they looking to make a play looks like sounds like love has made some really good throws uh paul you've been at camp live we've talked about this a little bit on the last week's show um, i don't know if you've had a chance to see any more of of jordan love but some of the tougher throws that he's made, it sounds like you know he's got some mechanical issues with some of his deeper balls, but I think that's something the Packers can hone in and, and fix. But as far as what you've seen so far and hoping that it carries over into the game action, you know this this is this is Jordan Love's first first taste of live live football. So what are you looking for? Is it similar to what Mark said? Anything else to add? What do you expect? What have, any updates? What have we seen from Love over the past week? I mean, inconsistency. It's been a roller coaster ride. There are plays, uh, some deep balls where you go, wow, because it's it's a heck of a throw. And then there's some easier completions or decision making, as Mark alluded to, that you just scratch your head on. And that's going to come with it in being a young NFL quarterback. And we knew coming out of Utah State that the decision making was something that he was going to have to improve upon. And I know everyone's going to look at the stat sheet at the end of the night and judge his performance based on that, but he doesn't have to be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers tomorrow. At this point in his career, it's about the process, not so much the results. And two of the processes that the Green Bay Packers, Lafleur, Getze, Hackett have been focusing on with him this offseason in particular is his footwork and going through his progressions, as you guys mentioned. So his footwork, is he staying balanced in the pocket? Is he throwing off of his back foot? His progressions, he actually, one of the plays that stands out to me from family night was watching him go left to right across the field 
and then finding Devin Funches on a deep out route for a completion. Uh, it was tough to see because it was live and I saw a replay, but my guess is that Funches was at least the third read on that specific play. So we want to see more of that as well. At practice, when his first read's open and he can drop back, uh, his feet are balanced, he's in rhythm, he gets the ball out, those are his good plays. It's moving around or moving from read to read. The pressure's coming. Do his eyes drop? How does he look in the pocket? Does he maintain that balance? You know, that's going to be the challenging part for him. It's the part that he's been working on all offseason so far. And us watching it live, uh, especially without any sort of like all 22 or anything like that, it's going to be really difficult for us to tell, you know, consistently how he's doing in those. But really, those are the two big things that as much as we can on a television view, try to pick out because that's what he's really working on. And again, I want to stress it's process over results at this point for him yeah that progression and again the level of talent the type of players that are out there playing it's like you know it's, it's one thing to have Devonte adams out there as your cushion and robert tunyon and guys that can get open and make life easier for a quarterback it's going to be third four stringers on third four stringers and so it's you have to like you said paul very well said process over everything else and i as far as what i'm looking for i think you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head there but I, I, for me, it's it was I was gonna say it's it's how well does he hit that second or third throw or second or third read? Can he still put the ball in there? Is he aware of the rush around him? One of the things that that I think really comes at you as a young player is how fast the game moves. So how quickly does the pocket collapse? Does he understand? Does he feel the pressure? Does he sense it? Can he step up? Does he climb the ladder? Does he take off and bail out and start to run? Jordan Love can run. And so it's like, hey, listen, if he can run, and that's that can be part of his game. He's, no one's mistaking him for Lamar Jackson at this point. But if that's something that he can do, is that that's fine. But does he rely too much on that? Now, the one thing I'll just say, and quick around the horn about this, because Love needs to definitely needs his his time and focus in our conversation because that's that's the biggest thing going on. Is is there any chance? <laughs> I laugh as I ask this question. So, Mark, back to you first. Is there any chance that? We're not going to overreact from one preseason game from what we see of Jordan Love. And there isn't just going to be a smattering of tweets and things written and analysis on the performance that Jordan Love puts up against the Texans. I'm not going to overreact. And I don't think <laughs> I hope you and Paul don't. Nope. But but the people will absolutely yeah. will. They have, <laughs> the I mean, national media <laughs> and the national media will as well. I mean, again, well, it depends. I mean. Yeah, if he comes out and he's 14 for 14 for 237 yards and three touchdowns, oh, you're going to have some knuckleheads say, oh, my God, this guy's the greatest. Trade Rodgers tomorrow. You know, (laughs) Uh, and on the other side, if he's, you know, six for 18 for 37 yards with no no touchdowns and two picks, oh, my God, this was the oh, fire the general manager. It was a terrible pick. They should have now, oh, my God, this is terrible. Sign Rodgers to a 10-year extension. Yeah, some, you know, but like I said before, it's, you know, what, what he does tomorrow night is a good thing. It's his first step, his first game. I would love to see him go 14 for 14 for 300, you know, for all those yards and butts to touchdown, just because. But I'm not going to, if it happens, I'll, I'll have a nice little grin on my face, but I'm not going to make it. And again, he's... Like you said, he's going to be going against again. I don't know what Houston's game plan is. I don't know how long their, their starters are going to play. I don't even know who their starters are. Houston, <laughs> Houston, probably one of the worst teams in the league this year. Um, 
So again, let's just take everything. Let's just take deep breaths. Let's let's relax, as Aaron Rodgers told us a few years ago to do, um, and enjoy it. Let's enjoy Jordan Love's day, debut. Let's see what he has and hope for the best. Yeah, now if Love goes out and lights the world on fire, you know that the Bears media is still going to find a way to make Justin Fields sound better than Jordan Love because Justin Fields apparently is the second coming. And he and Jimmy Graham, he and Jimmy Graham connected on one pass in practice and they're going to light the world on fire. So that, that's what that's what Twitter told me anyway. There were, that's what the buzz was on Twitter today when I when I woke up. All right. Is he, is he the second coming of Mitch Trubisky or the second coming of uh, Jay Cutler? Jay Cutler wasn't bad. I mean, compared to the rest of the Bears quarterbacks. But, Jay Cutler uh, was absolutely fantastic, Mark. He is a Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer, if you ask well, me. They, well, they didn't draft him, at least. They, nope. they traded for him. But, they did. Um, I mean, they you know they, they took Trubisky in the first round. They took Harbaugh in the first round. Um, i trying to think any other bums they had for the three years. <laughs> I mean, they, well, it's funny. They, 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 they draft Harbaugh. And then they haven't had a coach as good as as, as him either. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, we could do a whole show on the Bears and how how futile things have been in Chicago. But well, at I, least they have one. At least they have one Super Bowl. That's more than the Vikings and Lions have. One very old I'm Super Bowl. I'm saying it's more than the, but it's more than the, than the other two teams in the NFC North have combined. That is correct. It's 100 percent more than either of those two have. So you're 100 percent right, Paul. Overreaction factor. I mean, you're going to write 16 articles about this this game, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying you're going to overreact. You're just that's how much content you put out, and you do a great job of it. But uh, what uh, what I guess little little preview. Well, let's let's skip ahead to what we usually talk about at the end of the show. I mean, I, I'm assuming we will have some nice write ups on what Love did after the game. Oh, I'll certainly be commenting on what happens, but good, bad, ugly. I'm not going to get too high or low with it. That's just not how I operate, but I absolutely believe good, bad, and ugly that people will. And this is a good reminder if, if we can help it to try not to do that. It's one preseason game. It means absolutely nothing. He needs it for his experience. But again, to go back to what I said earlier, it's about the process for him, not the results at this point, because he doesn't have to start for the green Bay Packers tomorrow by any means, uh, or once the regular season starts. One thing I wanted to add, because we're not going to, at least I don't think from what we discussed earlier, I don't think any of us are going to touch on the receivers, but we know for that potential six receiver spot, Devin Funches, Malik Taylor, Equinemius St. Brown, Juwan Winfrey have been getting a lot of attention. But one name, and I'm not saying that he's going to make the 53-man roster, but he's someone that I could see getting a lot of buzz through these preseason games because we're going to see a lot of Jordan Love, obviously. And do you know who his favorite target has been, who he's been going at heavily in practice? Reggie Begleton. Begleton. The guy so, I loved last year. <laughs> yep. So we might just see Saturday, these coming Saturdays, Begleton with a lot of targets. Maybe it's a product of, you know, Begleton going up against the second and third defense and he's getting open. Maybe he's Love's first read. And obviously there's more comfortability, as I talked about earlier with Love, getting that first read, getting the ball out. Who knows what the reason is? Maybe they've built up a rapport that we didn't know about and happened behind the scenes last year. Whatever it is. Jordan Love loves to throw at him in the uh, three, four practices that I've been to. He's been targeted fairly heavily. And in one of them, I bet you he got at least six or seven passes. So just someone to watch in the this preseason game. And as he's uh, he was he was a name that was on everyone's radar coming into last season as he had that big CFL uh, showing. 
But obviously he's fallen off this year with the depth of the receiver position, not someone who's talked about, but I could see him getting quite a few targets. Oh, Nida Darling. I'm, I'm glad you brought him up, Paul, because like you said last a, a year ago, he was the guy that I, for one, thought had a decent chance of making a team as, you know, the sixth receiver or, or whatever. Um, he had the goal. He, everywhere he had played, he had put up big numbers. And kind of, again, it was a small college, but he set records there. Went to the CFL, caught over 100 passes. Um, we were, and, and then he kind of got robbed of his chance last year because of COVID. I mean, he, there was no, it wasn't a real training camp, and there was no preseason games for him to get targeted, for him to put on any kind of a, a show for, for not just for the Packers, but for other teams to see. So he didn't make the Packers, and then he just spent the year on the practice squad. But, I mean, there, there's ability there. And, and again, that, that's and we've talked about this a million times, but just how deep the Packers are uh, at a lot of a lot of positions. Um, and wide receiver is certainly one of them. Yeah, the receiver group is going to be that's, – that's a big battle to watch, and I think that could end up being one of those – whenever cut-down day happens, there's always a couple surprises, and I think wide receiver could potentially end up being one of those or what they, what they end up doing. And the, the surprise factor goes on throughout the whole weekend because then it's like, do they sign anybody for the practice squad? Does, everyone, does any other team pick up the wide receivers? Do our worst fears become true? Because Packers fans get really attached to players, and they think every other team is just waiting to pounce – on that undrafted free agent that didn't make the roster, and lo and behold, two days later they're back on the practice squad. So I'm kind of hoping that they could trade some guys, get some picks back. You know, that would be. I mean, that's always ideal to get the to get the value back. And you have to yeah, you have to wonder if you have to wonder if if Funches isn't going to be a, isn't going to be a guy the Packers are going to keep if he isn't somebody that because that he's the type of guy I could see another team willing to be willing to trade for. Yep, I agree. Just as an example. You know, so and there, there may be a couple others as well. Well, definitely. There's there's a lot of there's a ton of talent, and I think that's gonna gonna be mentioned as we go around the horn and talk about our other things to watch for. But I did want to ask you guys at least one other question about Love and kind of looking ahead a little bit because there's three preseason games, so that means he's going to have an opportunity to play three weeks in a row. So Paul, stick keep it with you then. As far as as next week and beyond, we're definitely skipping ahead here. He's got to get through tomorrow or today. We're recording on Friday, but he's got to get through this first preseason game. But as far as the progression, these preseason games don't mean a lot. But how important is it to see the progression and the improvement from one game to the next, even though it's a different opponent and maybe a different approach to how the coaching staff wants to evaluate players and such? But the progression at the quarterback position and and how important is that, even though it is preseason? I think it's incredibly important. Um, It shows that. There's some development taking place. I know it's a small sample size. It's only one week to the next. You know, it's not months on end, practices on end, games on end. But it's still important. It's going to because there's going to be mistakes made. There's going to be corrections that have to be made on top of that. And we want to see and not all of them are going to be fixed by any means. But we want to see those steps taking place because it shows that development's happening. And that's what needs to happen with Jordan Love right now. Yeah. And I think. I think he does need to, to at least clean up some of the stuff that he, if, if it isn't, unless, like Mark said, if he goes 14 for 14 for 300 yards and throws four touchdowns, there isn't going to be a whole lot to clean up. But, Mark, what's your take on that? It's, it's, it's preseason. I know the games don't count. But as far as seeing that, I mean, obviously, it's it's kind of a dumb question. But from a quarterback standpoint and, and because we, we on the topic of everybody blowing up and, and just, you know, getting a little overhyped about love, the improvement from week to week, uh, how important is that for him? Um, yeah, it's very obviously it's very important, but I don't. Again, 
if he plays great tonight, I mean, great. Like that's like not, I'm, I, the numbers I threw out there were kind of crazy. But I mean, if he has a great game, I don't know if he can be greater the next week because a lot of it depends on who you're playing. I mean, they're playing. Like I said, they're, Houston isn't. I can't imagine how bad Houston's backups are because mm-hmm. Houston starters are real <laughs> uh-huh. good. And then, and then they get the Jets and then the Bills, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, again, I don't, I don't know who's going to play in preseason, but if just looking at those three teams, well, the Bills are by far the best of those three teams. So if he plays great against Houston and very good against the Jets and then just okay against Buffalo, I'm not going to say, oh, he, he re- regressed. No, he saw better players that third game than he did the first game. So, um, again, I'm not going to – like I started off by saying, it's not about his numbers – per se, or even how he throws or runs. It's the decision. If he makes the right decisions, if he goes through his progressions, if he doesn't, you know, throw late over the middle and get picked off, if he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't have punches wide open and throws to Rogers on a, you know, who's, who's not open, I mean, things like that. I, I, I want to see him do the right things more than, you know, what his numbers are at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think that's even part of what it is with the improvement. And that doesn't necessarily have to be statistical. But yeah, you want to see that that growth. And did you did you learn from it? Because what's between the ears? That's one of the biggest things I say, yeah. the intangible with a player. And, and as a quarterback, there's no position more important where a player has to be smart and definitely grow and mature in, in, is in the mental department and, and the ability to deal with some of that adversity, clean up some of the mistakes, come back and fix whatever it was that, that ailed you. So... Well, it's going to be fun to watch Jordan Love playing his first action. This will be the, the the first of three extended looks that we'll get to see him in game action, get to see him in a Packers uniform and uh, kind of what that looks like and a potential preview of what the future in Green Bay looks like. But now, uh, me, I'm sorry, they, they have made it clear that Rodgers will not play, will not take a snap in preseason. Has that been said publicly? I don't think so. Oh. I don't. I don't. Paul, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't heard it actually said. Actually said. I think Lafleur was asked point blank, and he didn't say no. But I, at least from what the clip I heard, but he strongly alluded to it not okay. happening. I don't think he's going to. He didn't take a snap last year. Obviously, no one did. But I would. I would be surprised if he does. Yeah. What about your brother-in-law, Paul? <laughs> I'm. I'm expecting him to get a lot of fourth quarter action in these coming games. So you think Love plays three quarters and he comes in for the fourth? Yeah, that's just me totally guessing. I hope Love gets three quarters every game. Just he he needs the run. Right. Why not? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Get into the get into the rhythm. Get into the whole habit of coming out of the locker room at halftime, getting ready to play again, making some adjustments and things like right. that too. Yeah, I think and, that's I think yeah, that's too, Paul. You keep saying, and I I agree. He's not he, he doesn't have to be the Packers starting quarterback this year, but he has to be ready. I mean. Right. You know, God forbid, but, you know, Rodgers could, even if he misses a, a half of a game, loves the guy going in now. Tim Boyle's not here. Loves the guy. If, if Rodgers, Thank goodness. you know, gets a concussion, if Rodgers steps, steps in a hole and twists his ankle, if any, you know, even if it's a couple series of a game, loves the guy that's got to be in there. So, he, 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 yeah, he's not the starter by, by any means yet, but he is the, the old cliche. He is the heartbeat away, right? I mean, he's the yep. guy. He's mm-hmm. There's nobody. It's him. So he's got to be. We have Absolutely. to see something from him. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think he's he's ready for that. From oh, what I from what from what I've heard, he's he's not lacking the desire or confidence to play. Now you get out there and 
you know, take a couple hits, things can change very quickly. But Jordan Love definitely seems like he's he's ready to do what it was he was drafted to do when he was asked about the Rodgers situation when camp first started. Very brief, very quick answers. He's not about the drama. He's just focused on trying to play football and, and do his thing. So very excited to, to usher in the at least the preseason Jordan Love era. And as we know, there's a lot other of other things that are going to take place and that we're going to be able to focus on in this game. So we each had one additional thing to watch for. So, Mark, we'll start with you. We'll go around the horn. What is your what is your thing to watch for? In addition to Jordan Love, obviously, for the Packers as they take on the Texans in preseason game number one. Yeah, I could be a jerk now and steal steal Paul's back, but I won't do that. Paul, <laughs> we, we all texted each other earlier in the day and said, "Who's what we're going to do?" But Paul's is my first one. But so I'm, I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to look at the offensive line. Um, we we've talked and we've heard and written about you know these young the young depth on on the Packers line. Um, you know John Runyon, um, uh, Royce Newman. Uh, Cole Van Lannen. Am I saying his name right? Is that his yep. name? Um, yep. And then some of these other guys. It's Coy Cronk, an undrafted free agent from, from Auburn. And then a few of the leftover guys from, from last year that, that were on our practice squad and stuff. So it's easy to, to, to look at, oh, wow, the Packers have a lot of good young play. Well, it's, I want to see Royce Newman. I want to see Van, Van Lannen. Uh, we saw a little bit of Runyon last year, but I want to see more of Runyon. Uh, ben Braden, who who came out of nowhere to become this, you know, hey, this guy's pretty good. He might, you know, he's fighting for a starting job. What? You know, we I didn't know who he was last year. They picked him up, and he was like the, just a guy. Um, I don't need. I mean, I admire. Let's, let's not forget. I don't know how long he's going to play, but I want to see this rookie center that's being talked about by everybody from Aaron Rodgers to the writers to everybody about how he's, you know, how good he's looked. So yeah, I, I want to, you know. Uh, Jenkins, I don't need to say. I know how how good he is. Billy Turner, same thing. Bakhtiari obviously isn't going to play, um, but I do. But I want to see. The, I want to see Royce Newman. I really do. A fourth round pick, who's you know came in. With, you know, some people really liked them. Um, I want to see what they have. I want to see how 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 they look playing together. Um, you know, are they going? And they got to They have to protect. You. Let, let's let's let, getting it back to Jordan Love again. You know, he could he could be great, but if the, if that line's bad. He ain't gonna be. He ain't gonna look so great. So let's let. I want to see them give Love time to make make his progressions and make the right right decisions, as we talked about. I want I want to see him open holes for um, Kylan Hill and Patrick Taylor. You know, so they you know they can gain yards. You know, we're, we're talking about the battle for the third running back spot a lot. Well, let's see them guys have some holes to run through. So yeah, so I'm I'm gonna look a little bit at this young offensive line, the the, the young guys to see who are going to be the the backups and who's going to make the team and 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 for the most part kind of be the future of the offensive line we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, Josh Myers and, and just because and listen, that's a good point because just because the Packers aren't going to start their offensive, their starting offensive line doesn't mean the Texans aren't going to put their starting defensive line and, and linebackers out there for a series or two. So that could be a, a really quick welcome to the NFL for Jordan Love if that ends up being the case. But I think that's a that's a really good point. The depth, make sure you have that depth because we've been really excited about the offensive line, but now we're going to get a chance to see just how deep they are. I feel really good about the starters and agreed. Some of those guys don't need to play because we know who they are, but to see how good that depth is going to be. And, and this could be another situation where the Packers have a, a lot of assets up front all of a sudden when we were talking about how absolutely thin they were at tackle and they were, you know, you were talking about how close Jordan Love is to playing if something happens to Aaron Rodgers. What about Yash Nyman, who could potentially come in and have to have to play snaps if it was a year ago? So, yeah, the line is, is and it's not one of those positions that the average fan tends to watch. I mean, more people are becoming cognizant of the the importance of offensive line and watching them play and those sorts of things ever since player grades came out and, and there's more focus on it. But we tend to watch the ball. The offensive line isn't something that a lot of fans will watch, but it, it is kind of fun when you pick a guy and you just, you watch the matchup inside and, and you see what they're doing and you catch some little nuances that are going on there. It's, this is the perfect, this is exactly what the preseason was, was for when you've got some budding talent on the out of position where there's some depth and now you want to see how good they can be. Paul, what are you looking forward to most in terms of the offensive line and what to expect from them against Houston? I think the big thing to keep your eye on is the guard positions because Bakhtiari's out. I think we can all safely say that Jenkins and Turner are the tackles. Josh Myers is the center. And at training camp so far, it's been Patrick, Runyon, and Braden uh, rotating between the two guard spots with the starting offense. So keeping our eyes on those three players in particular because two of those guys are going to be the starters come week one most likely. And I feel 
pretty confident saying at this point that I think it's going to come down to left guard between Runyon and Braden. I think Patrick has had a nice camp so far. And just based on what he did last year, obviously way more experience than those guys. I would just find it hard to believe. Obviously, anything can happen. The preseason and he is going to be the true litmus test for everyone versus practice. But I feel relatively confident right now in saying that Patrick is going to be the right guard. So I'm really going to be locked in on Braden and Runyon. Braden, primarily a practice squad player of his career. I think he has like five total NFL snaps. Runyon was on the field for about 150 last year. Perform nice, soft flashes, but again, that's a very small sample size. So running and Braden particularly are who I'm going to really be focused on on that offensive line at the guard positions. Yeah, and I'll be watching Josh Myers because I want to see if his um, seat height is going to be good for Aaron Rodgers because, you know, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> talks about the importance of that and also the sweat factor. Is the ball going to come back and is it going to stay dry? You know, things like that. Very important. It's going to be humid and a little warm. Nah, not not too warm, but maybe a little bit humid, I guess. I don't remember, Paul. Was it going to be humid? I know the weather's perfect. That's like a perfect temperature. And it's not, gonna be... not as humid as it has been, so that's good. Okay. All right. So might get a little break there. No, I like that one, Mark. That was a good one. The offensive line, it's an, it's an area of depth. It's an area that's where there's a lot of players to evaluate, look at from last year, this year. Again, the Packers could be very rich up front if things pan out the way we hope they will. And then that, that process of evaluating that will start with tonight's game. So... Paul, moving over to you. Something to watch out for in tonight's game against the Houston Texans. What you got? Special teams play. Everybody's favorite. Uh, We know this is an area that the Green Bay Packers have to improve upon, and maybe I'm being a prisoner of the moment, but it seems like this summer, even in the spring, in conversations that Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekinds have had with reporters, questions that they've received – and again, maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment, but it seems like there's an added emphasis on special teams play just from uh, how often it's being talked about, the way that they're addressing it, and I think their actions as well. We talked about it after the draft that a number of these rookies should contribute right away on special teams. And then the obvious move to replace Sean Menenga with Maurice Drayton as well, trying to upgrade in that regard. But I feel like it's more of an emphasis this year. And hopefully, hopefully that equates to results because it really doesn't matter what metric you look at. The Green Bay Packers have been very close to the bottom of the NFL and special teams rankings these last few years, pretty much across the board, except for Mason Crosby at kicker. But the reason that I'm choosing special teams to watch, not because they've been so bad And we hope that they turn it around and they have a new coordinator. But because special teams play is going to define these back end of the roster openings. And Matt LaFleur has said said as much, especially when referring to the receiver position. You know, if you're a six cornerback on this team, a fourth edge rusher or a six receiver with the, the depth and the quality of players that the Green Bay Packers have ahead of them, they're not going to see a lot of playing time. So if you're not going to see a lot of playing time on offense or not on defense, depending what side of the ball you're on, and you also can't contribute to special teams, what, what are you doing? And it's it's almost a wasted roster spot at that point. And Matt LaFleur said that for the wide receiver specifically is what he was asked about, that special teams play is going to be a huge factor. So when we look at guys like Devin Funches, Equinemius St. Brown, not to say that they can't, but up to this point in their careers, they haven't. Uh, 
had much experience on special teams. So how does that factor in? How many reps are they getting compared to someone like Malik Taylor, Reggie Bagleton? I'm not sure if Jawan Winfrey is going to play or not. He's missed the last few practices. But how how do the reps, who's with the first string special teams unit, who's not on the field? Because that can be just as telling. If we look at Josh Jackson last year, he was a healthy scratch at the end of the year, which means the Packers, they didn't trust him on defense, obviously. But that also meant they didn't think he'd contribute on special teams. And so for him competing against someone like KB and Ento, who's gotten reps with the, as, as a gunner, an important position on special teams, for the sixth cornerback spot, that could be the differentiator right there. So who's on the field? Who's not on the field? How many reps is everyone getting? All of that's going to play a factor in deciding these back end of the roster spots. Some of the important positions where these uh, decisions have to be made our cornerback, like I said, there's a six cornerback opening, a six receiver spot potentially. Running back, we're going to see uh, Kylan Hill, it sounds like, returning kicks. Patrick Taylor has some special teams ability as well. Dexter Williams, not so much, so perhaps that is a differentiator for him. Mike Smith, the outside linebackers coach, he basically uh, said that it's going to be special teams play that determines the fourth edge rusher more so than what they do defensively. So that alone tells you how important it is for these guys. And the Packers just put Randy Ramsey on IR. He was a huge contributor to the special teams unit last year. That's a big loss. Those are big shoes to fill. So can Tipa, can Jonathan Garvin, Chauncey Rivers, whoever's battling for that fourth edge rusher spot, can they show that they can contribute on special teams? So it's going to come down to how do they perform, who's on the field. So try to keep our eyes locked on that because – as we wonder who's going to fill in these back end of the roster spots, that's going to be the deciding factor. No, it, it, it is. And the Packers were rough last year. They were really rough. And I think back to, and this is a little hyperbole and going way, way back, but I think back to the preseason in 2010. Now, we didn't know the Packers were necessarily going to be champions that year, but they came out and played some hardcore special teams. And it was an emphasis that year, and which is impressive because, you know, Mike McCarthy just, he emphasized a lot of things in his career and he stayed pretty consistent with them. And special teams just never really seemed to be one of them. And that would manifest itself in unfortunate ways throughout the next decade. But the the Packers had good special teamers that season. They need to have that now. The the culture and the mindset needs to be now that they've got to be better than they were last season. They gave up two kicks for touchdowns. They gave up a lot of big returns, a lot of those yards. Fortunately, the Packers have one of the better kickers in the league. So the kicking game, you know, from a field goal standpoint, isn't too bad. J.K. Scott the punter, you know, all, all of the little things that have to go well when you take a Randy Ramsey out of the equation, does whoever has inserted themselves into that position, do they stay in their lane? Do they do they stay disciplined? Do they do the things they need to do to limit those yards and start, you know, keep the other team starting from further back? So special teams is one area where we don't really talk about it much and we don't really want to think about it a whole lot because a lot of kickoffs go into the end zone. Crosby's money, we know he's going to make most of his kicks, but those are the little things that sneak up and, and bite teams. I think about the Colts game last year. It was special teams that, you know, kind of bit them a little bit towards the end. Uh, that that became an issue. Again, they had the two kicks that they gave up for touchdowns. Now they ended up winning both of those games. But because of in the Eagles game, because of the kick, the, the kickoff that the, that they gave up for a touchdown, that act, that made the game a lot closer than it needed to be. So, Mark, I know you've you've been a big. We've talked about special teams. Been a big proponent of it. Needs to get better. I think you're, uh, you know, you either know decently well or are friends with Rick Goslin, who puts together the special teams rankings throughout the NFL. So, no doubt, we're going to be looking at how well this Packers special teams performs during the preseason. 
Absolutely. And I, I like what Paul said, too, and he alluded to that what I'm going to watch is, is one of my main things I'm going to watch during the game other than Jordan Love is who's on special teams. Because if and who would like, like and, and like the key people, the, the gunners, um, the certain, you know, because that that will give you a hint as to who's winning that sixth receiver spot, that fifth, sixth cornerback spot, that backup safety spot. If if you see guys out there that you know wh- whoever it is, you're okay. Well, that he's making it. Oh, and you and if you don't see certain players, it's, it's a it's a big. I know when I covered the Eagles, I always bring up that because that's what I did. But we we would look at that and then and you could say, oh wow, so and so hasn't been on. Any of the special teams, mm-hmm. he's not making the team. Mm-hmm. He's just not making the team because he's 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 going to be the fifth receiver, but he's not on any special teams. He's not making, and we're not nine, ten, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that that guy wasn't making. So, yeah, watch that tonight, people. Watch, try, try to look at who's on the core special teams on the you know punt return, kick return. Um, you know, and that's another thing too. You, you alluded to the two punt returns for touchdowns last year, which were bad. You know, they, they were lucky. Like I've said this a million times, they were lucky they were against two of the worst teams in football last year, the, the Eagles and the, and, and the Jaguars, or they would have lost those games probably. If they, you know, you allow, if you allow a kickoff return against, you know, the Rams in the playoffs, maybe you don't win that game. I mean, um, so they were lucky there. And then – it's it's time, isn't it time the Packers get a good return game again? They haven't had one. It seems like forever. Oh, Kyler Irving showed us showed us a little bit that end of one end of the couple of years ago, but then you know, and then last year he was basically hurt all all season. So um, yeah, let's let's see Amari Rogers bring a punt back. Doesn't have to be for for a for a touchdown, but you know, let's see a good return. Um, looks like Hill's going to be the kickoff return guy, which tells me he's winning the third running back job. By the way. Um, Let's see him, you know, if, if every kick doesn't go in the end zone like they normally do now. But if you, you know, let's see him ring one out to the to midfield, maybe. Um, let's just, you know, let's, that's what I want to say. I'm, I'm going to watch special teams as much as anything uh, tonight. A hint that you might not have a great returner is when teams intentionally kick the ball short of the end zone because they'd yeah. rather your guy try to bring it out. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at you, Malik Taylor. They'd rather that you try to bring the ball out because their chances of getting you in, getting you down inside the 20 are better than letting you start at the 25 with a touchback. Right? So mm-hmm. special teams, like I said, those sneaky yards that can, can sneak up and, and mark great point. They've got to get that cleaned up and get that good because it is it, it's going to cost them in a big game and and if it's in the playoffs, that could be the difference between you reaching your goal and you know certain players going out a winner or the Packers hoisting um, a trophy and not. I I said this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about what you know what area we're, we're worried about. I'm convinced that this this offense is going to be very, very, very good last year, best in the league. And I don't think it's going to be much worse, if worse at all. It, can, it might even be better. That's hard to believe, but it might be even better. I think the defense is going to, is going to be better than it was last year. I think the secondary is excellent. I think the pass rush is going to be very, very good. I think they've improved the run defense. Um, special teams is my, I'm worried. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, and people, people don't put enough, it's, it's a, it's a big part of the game. I mean, it controls field position. It can, call, you know, it can cost you a lot. And like you said, Jason, it, it, through the years, the Packers have been burned by bad special teams play. If they can get that, just I'm not looking for them to be the best special teams in the league. You don't go from the worst to the best, 
but just you know, if they're middle, if they're in the middle of the pack, if they're if when Rick does his his thing and and they come out fourteenth or fifteenth, then guess what? The Packers are going to be real, real good. Yeah, they are, and it, and it's it's what you emphasize. You you get what you emphasize, and hopefully the Packers are more focused in that area. You mentioned the the secondary, and that was going to be my thing to watch for. And I was looking through some of the depth and some of the young guys that are going to play on the secondary of the Packers in this game. But just a couple things, because we're not going to see the starters, but do you guys know, I'm sure you, you might have, but Jair was the top-rated cornerback, according to Pro Football Focus. He was rated at 90.7. Adrian, Adrian Amos, for defensive backs, Adrian Amos was third. So the Packers have two of the top three defensive backs in all of the NFL. That's just absolutely fantastic. I mean, if you want to, one of the reasons why I'm very excited about the secondary and the defense is because of things like that. You know, and then I dug a little bit deeper and I looked looked into it, and actually the 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 defensive backs actually kind of slipped a little bit. They were their passer rating that they allowed was eighty two point eight in twenty nineteen. They allowed ninety point eight in twenty twenty. So they went from fifth in passer rating allowed to thirteenth, and then they were way better at home. They were they only allowed seventy nine point four at home, which was second best. They were up to one hundred three point six on the road, which was twenty seventh. So. The Packers are going to need their secondary to step up and be good. And obviously the pass rush has to set the tone and not let the passer have a ton of time to pick apart the Packers secondary. You get a guy like a Tom Brady or one of those veteran quarterbacks, obviously it's going to be a problem because they're going to find an open guy. But the other thing too, 2020, the Packers only had 11 interceptions. I thought that was a way, way low, way, way low number. So I'm looking to see, I mean, we know that Jair is going to be really good. Adrian Amos. I expect a lot out of Darnell Savage. I said Savage, I think, can be a guy that benefits a lot from the Joe Barry defense as he roams around and does a little bit more in playmaking up, up towards the line and not as much as a center fielder. But no Raven Green. So if you look at the depth after some of those guys, you've got at safety, you know, you've got Henry Black, Vernon Scott, Christian Upoff, uh, Again, special teams. Who plays on special teams? Can Uphoff make his make this roster by contributing on special teams? Vern Scott played a little bit last year. Henry Black made a big play against the Texans at the end of that game in the regular season last year. At cornerback, we've talked about that before as far as depth goes. That's what concerns me. What concerns me is you got Josh Jackson and Kadar Holman. These are two guys that I think we've talked about at length are going to have a hard time or maybe challenge to make this roster. Kavion Ento has had some good good play in camp. I think he's got a chance to make this roster and maybe unseat one of those other two guys, Jackson or Holman. And then Shamar Jean Charles, Stanford Samuels. Uh, Shamar Jean Charles, mid-round draft pick. There's a lot to, to get excited about when, it's, when you hear about him every single day. But as far as a defensive player, that's, that's the depth. So as excited as I am about the secondary what about this depth I mean how do you how do you break that down and how do some of those names make you feel Mark I'll start with you we've talked about the secondary but Josh Jackson Kadar Holman Shamar Jean Charles Stanford Samuels you know Vernon Scott Christian Uphoff how are you feeling about the depth there if if any of those guys have to step in and play um I'm okay I, I think it's okay well the starting four, and I, I you know, I, I think Stokes is going to beat out King. Um, the starters are fine. I think Sullivan looks like he's doing okay at nickel better. He's got a little better there. I think I think John Charles is a guy you, that you want to see. Um, 
he's a guy to watch. He's certainly a guy to watch tomorrow night because it would be his first game. Um, I don't, I don't see how Jackson makes. I, I'll be shocked if he makes a team like you, like you said earlier. He wasn't even dressing at the end of last year. They had, a, they were dressing that guy. I can't remember. I always forget his name, but Kavari they, Russell. They, yeah, him, <laughs> Russell, <laughs> who they already cut. Yep, <laughs> they cut him already, and he was ahead of Jackson and Holman last year by the end of this during the playoffs. So that's not good for for Jackson and Holman for that matter. Um, I, Ento's a guy to keep your eye on. Paul was on him early, and I think he might steal a roster spot. And I've always liked Samuels. I like his size. I like his toughness. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but the rest of those guys are pretty fast. So you can have one big, strong corner, I think. Um, but again, it goes back to special teams. Which one of these guys are going to be the best on special teams is who makes the team. Um, you know, but to answer your question about putting, putting guys in, um, Samuels played a couple snaps, like, yeah. more than a couple, but he, he kind of held, him, held his own. Um, in the in the few games, few plays that that he got in, he, he kind of held his own. I I want to see Ento because they it's been a couple years now that he was a, a converted wide receiver, so he had to learn learn a lot about defense and everything else. Um, but he's a guy that I don't mind. Holman, I I liked. I I don't know what the problem is. This is this is it for him. He has to have a real good preseason um, to make the team. I think. Um, you know, then you got then you got your better. You know, at safety. I like Scott. I do. I think he's going to be a good backup. Uh, you still have Redmond, who I don't know. Special teams would be why he he makes it, I guess. Um, the the up off kid, I can't say I, I I know a lot about him. I just know what I've read, where people loved him as a small school standout um, that didn't even play last year because his conference didn't play football. So, which is why he he went undrafted. Could be a steal as an undrafted guy. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm I'm not like. It could be deeper in terms of experience depth. There's not a lot of experience here, but I think they, they have some some pretty good young prospects there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could be encouraged by it, by the players that are out there. I just don't know. I think the special teams is going gonna, is gonna to be what kind of puts me over on them. And I also think there's something he said about, about the culture of the defense and the secondary. You can tell when a, a defensive backfield, even if they're players that don't play much, have that get after the ball mentality. I just want to see the Packers get back to that. I know that there has to be opportunities and and hopefully some bad quarterbacks make some bad throws, although they do play Jared Goff twice and they got to play the Bears twice. <laughs> throwing some shade at Justin Shields. I don't think he's necessarily going to be bad, but Paul, that's I guess that's the question is, is, is are you kind of on the same train as Mark in terms of what you're looking for from the depth in the in the secondary. Is it going to be more about what they do on special teams than what we see on the field, you know, with them playing on defense? Yeah, especially a cornerback. I think this is just my opinion, but Alexander King and or Alexander King, Stokes, Sullivan, and Gene Char- John Charles, excuse me, they're roster locks. Uh, so if the Packers keep six cornerbacks like they did a year ago. Right now, I think it's between Ento and Jackson, and I give Ento the edge. Uh, Jackson, to his credit, he's made a couple plays in at least the camp practices I've been in, but still, it's it's the same story. It's the same issues that have plagued him throughout his career and the lack of consistency. Plus, as I already mentioned, Ento brings the special teams ability. So I think that's going to be the defining factor. And going back to what you said about the just the the secondary as a whole, 
I think they're going to improve one because I expect the pass rush to be much more effective this year in those passer ratings that you listed. I just couldn't help but think that that was one of the big determining factors in that jump that was made between 2019 when this defensive front with both the Smiths firing on all cylinders was uh, a big reason for that. And then last year, we know Preston Smith fell off and Z did as well, although still came up with the big plays. But I think the pass rush this year, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary taking a step forward, Kingsley Kiki. And as as Mark will be happy to hear, I think Dean Lowry is going to be – he's setting himself up. Uh, Dean Lowry talked about – and I know we're tra- I'm transitioning here to the defensive front. But Dean Lowry talked about how the – he has more freedom, and not just him, but the other other players along the defensive front, have more freedom to move around and find what matchups are best for them. And so I don't think it's a coincidence that after him saying that, Jerry Montgomery, a few days later when he's meeting with, and that's the defensive line coach, when he's meeting with reporters, talks about how nice of a camp Lowry's having. So put two and two together, I think we're going to see a resurgence from the pass rush this year that's going to have a trickle down to the secondary. So... Circling back, I think Ento's the sixth cornerback uh, at <clears throat> at safety. I had Will Redman on my roster prediction, but I don't, I don't know. He, he hasn't been on the field. He's been on the NFI list, still is there. We don't know when he's coming off. And Henry Black is someone who has uh, stepped up in camp as well as in his gains. And I know it's not someone we really ever talked about this, you know, coming into training camp, but I wrote about him at Dairyland Express. He's been super, super steady. And in researching his background from his time at TCU, he's really a good fit for this Joe Barry defense. He played a lot in the box, and he's a really strong run defender and tackler, which is two things that the safety group is going to be asked of this year. So will he make the roster? It's going to come down to special teams. We keep circling back to that, but someone to keep our eyes on. I like Vernon Scott's fit. So overall, I feel you know I feel good about this secondary unit. I feel good about this entire team, honestly, but I think a big reason that we see some resurgence from the secondary, hopefully some more turnovers finally is because of the pass rush. And then I also want to mention this Shannon Sullivan last year was his, was his first year being a full-time starter. He's someone it's not being talked about as taking a step forward, but he's someone that absolutely could and going from a full-time starter you know, last year wasn't his rookie year, but in terms of being a starter was now he's in year two in that regard. So he's someone that could improve as well. And then again, that just makes a secondary, this defense stronger. Yeah. I I'm looking for, I want to see the culture. I want to see the the vibe of the secondary, get bigger and get, get, see them get after the football. I mean, no, Charles Woodson's not walking through that door, but they definitely need to have that vibe of, of that and that that's their ball and they're not going to allow the, over 100 passer rating on the road just some of those things they need to clean up and I think the depth is going to play a little bit of a role there because attrition happens there's going to be some guys that miss time Savage has missed some time before Amos maybe missed a couple games hopefully not those are those are all things that the Packers have to be prepared for and it starts tonight with the first preseason game and a look at our at some of the depth and some of the younger players so I have a good discussion to get us kicked off into this week, and we'll get a chance to do it again next week. But before we sign off, let's go around the horn and talk about what is coming up this week at each of our respective sites. So, Mark, starting with you over at Packer Reports, what's going on over there this week from you? Well, we'll see. Uh, you know, now we're at the time of the year now where we have actual things to write about, not just, you know, our opinions on things. Um, right out on the site now, I have kind of what we just talked about. I have things to watch Jordan Love, you know, besides Jordan Love. 
uh, and, I, and I had a story earlier in the week where I said that it's only a matter it's 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 a matter of if not when, or it's a matter of when not if uh, Stokes takes over for for, for Kevin King, um, and, and some other notes as well. Um, but yeah, this week will you know Monday uh, I'll I'll kind of write off what happens tonight, and then later in the week I'll look ahead to the the game game against the the Jets the second game right yeah against the Jets. Yep. Okay, very good. And Paul Brittle, with your many, many different sites and pieces of work, what do we have to look forward to? Uh, this past week, I did a couple look at some of the players individually throughout camp. I mentioned Dean Lowry, did one on TJ Slayton and his how he's trying to refine his pass rush abilities in his games, as I mentioned. Friday at Cheesehead TV, I had three things to watch, and I believe we covered all of them in this episode. And then Saturday at Dairyland Express, got players to watch in this opening preseason game. Players, position battles, things of that nature. After that, as Mark said, the game's going to dictate where we go from there. Gotcha. Same thing with Quick Slants Podcast. I'll have that up for everybody on Monday with the thoughts on the game. Be back on Thursday with another week uh, review of practice for the Green Bay Packers and a look ahead to next week's preseason game against the New York Jets. It's been a fun one, guys. Everybody enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the game. Enjoy Packers football. It is back. We're, we're inching closer to the regular season starting. We're only a month away. So everybody, as always, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe and go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.